Because, you know, even in, I keep reverting back to K-12 education because that's where we learn everything, but we don't help people understand, all right, diverse perspectives, right? It's such an important thing and it's such an, a healthy way to live. And I think this film exhibits all of those ways of, of exercising your own personal strength and courage. What a beautiful moment for that right now, too. Because that is that it, I just I feel that we as a country are on a pivotal moment of we either do something about this and we start celebrating each other and learning about each other and respecting each other or we're in dire trouble. And so I think that this the film definitely speaks about that, about that willingness to learn and learn about someone else. And and frankly, about what do we do about it? You know, once you know, once you know something, once we look at slavery, once we look at um, the what's happened to Native Americans, once we look at the the damage that we as white people have done, um, I think that the only question left for us is, okay, what do we do about this? And what do we do about this that's big and meaningful? And so I think that this movie helps us talk about that conversation. Um, and I'm, I'm pleased that a lot of organizations, I think, not enough, but I think there are, a lot, there are definitely organizations right now that are doing things like putting into their, just their conversation, acknowledging the land that their building is built on is from stolen, is, has been stolen. And I think the question is, so what do you then do about that? And I think, um, Rita, when you talk about kind of authentically figuring out what can I actually do about this that I'm actually going to do, um, I like that kind of authentic question is, all right, now we acknowledge this, now what's next? Because acknowledging it is certainly not enough. So I just applaud this and the, the conversation around this. Um, I'm just going to welcome Melody. Thank you for being here. Um, this is the writer and co-director. Is that accurate? Producer, co-producer. Co-producer of the film. Okay. Um, so in a minute, we'll be talking to you more. Um, I still want to ask a few more questions of Rita because we haven't really asked you any other personal questions. We've been so focused on the film. So um, I would love it if you would just talk with us a little bit about um, sort of your history growing up that led you to even have these questions. If you can, you know, give us just a little bit. <laughs> Let's see. Um... I grew up in a really, um, in some ways, really beneficial environment. Mm -hmm. It was small, homogeneous, uh, Catholic neighborhood, parish. That was my, the center of my life. And it was good in that it was safe and it was connected and it was tied to a heritage, you know. Um, there are many good things about that, a lot of social justice um, focus and a lot of um, basic ethics um, modeled and taught. And, um, and I got a very free range childhood. So I was one of five and I got to explore the city on my own from a very young age. And I was fishing in the Mississippi River and um, on foot um, for miles and miles. I knew this city like nobody's business and we knew where the hobo was hung out before I-94 was built and we we just had many adventures. 
So that was the good part. The hard part is, you know, that, that it was very insular and it didn't have a lot of um, pictures of people challenging irrationalities in society. Um, I didn't have female leaders around me other than the nuns, you know, um, and I did more and more as I grew older, find some, but um, I was missing some pieces. And then there was trauma in my family and it was handed down and I can tie it right back to the, you know, history in Ireland um, that generations later. So I witnessed that and I experienced that um, harshness and alcohol and all kinds of stuff um, that I, you know, really damaged me. And um, I, uh, I wanted out and I thought the way, I, I thought the answer was to get out. And so in my teens, I said goodbye to all of that and went off and refused to go to Catholic college after 12 years of Catholic education and went to the University of Minnesota. <laughs> that was my big rep, uh, rebelling. And uh, so I started getting, you know, access to the rest of the world. And that was good. And I never stopped that. I still, still, you know, that's still a big priority of mine is let's see what's next for me to learn about the world and the people in it. So Rita, if you were going to, in you know, a couple sentences, tell us your philosophy, the, <laughs> things, that, the things that run you, the things that um, oh. move forward, what would you say? To um, it's about, uh, it's about connection. It's about connection and another part to it um I want to say play I want to say play that uh, you know I I'm a parent educator and I work with um child-centered play that's what I do and so I know the power of connecting to people through play rather than through conversation Mm -hmm. you learn so much about each other what's that saying about you learn everything you know need to know about somebody on the playground in kindergarten you know like so that's what I do, and I love it, and it um, keeps my spirit vibrant, and it also is a revolutionary way to change things, is to um, give attention to young people and to give attention to parents so they can listen to their young people. So Very nice. And then sort of my last question before we um, bring in uh, Melody more and talk more about the film from the two of your perspectives as well. Um, what is what what advice would you give to young people coming up and whether it's to filmmakers who are coming up and have a story they want to tell or just to people in general or to creatives what what advice would you give I feel like creatives are still teaching me I don't feel like I have anything to say to them. <laughs> I'm new at this but I I could say something to my um white middle class um cohorts in St. Paul, Minnesota and beyond who um, grow up um, starved for um, a picture of the world and uh, relationships with people who are different than they are. And so I would say anything you can do to reach out from there, any just go 
take a Somali cooking class, you know, go to the bowling alley and see who who hangs out at the bowling alley, you know, like whatever it is in your neighborhood, in your life that you can do to expand your horizons so you get smarter about the world. It's really a good thing. That is wonderful advice. That's terrific. So then the, you told us a little bit, um, Rita, about how you got Melody, that you've taken classes. How you, that you We've take, been talking about you, Melody. Yeah, they were all good things. Um, and, and by the way, just for anybody who's listening, Melody is pretty impressive. She has a host of documentaries that she's, you both directed your own and written your own, and then you've also directed other people's. Is that accurate? Produced other people's. So she's a big deal. So we're really, really excited to have you here, Melody. Um, so how did so you asked her to participate? And Melody, why did you say yes? What was the what was it about this story that you liked? Well, first of all, thanks for having me, and hi everybody. Um, I to answer your question, um, Rita initially approached me about helping her to make a film about her grandmother. Mm-hmm. And I found her grandmother to be very interesting. Um, She had, you know, kind of a traditional immigrant story that many of us have, that could relate to. Um, And, you know, I started out doing that. That's basically what happened. I thought that would be an interesting challenge, a historical film about her grandma. But the more I got into it, the harder it was to make, to be honest. What was much more interesting to me was Rita's story. Um, Her grandma, she always would like talk in the third. It was always like about my grandma this, my grandma this. But every time we would talk, talk, Rita would get emotional, which is hard to imagine right now because, you know, of her kind of, um, what's the word, Rita? Your upbringing. Put Put your audio in. Reserved. Yes, reserved. Her reserved nature. I didn't want to say the wrong thing. Um, You know, where it was not going to be about her. It was never going to be about her. It was just about her grandma and her journey and all the other people who were affected by it. But I just noticed there was something going on with Rita beyond all of this. And every time we would talk, we'd have these coffee meetings or we'd get together. And I just the more I was working on this, the more I realized I had to tell Rita's story. But the problem was I had to convince her that that was the story that needed to be told because she doesn't want attention on herself. She certainly didn't want a film where she was going to be the center of the film and she was telling the story and all of this. But I think over time, um, after, I don't know, we keep going back and forth about this somewhere between three months and six months where you know, we could see that I think Rita finally came to the point that her her story would resonate with everybody as long as she allowed us to go on the journey with her. So all the footage like from Ireland and all the stuff, the historical footage, all these things that I had been initially playing with, we basically started over. And um, that's the film that you're seeing in stories I didn't know. And there's a little bit of the stuff in Ireland in there, but Basically, I just went with Rita on her journey as much as she would let me, which wasn't always. But, uh, you know, like there's some examples in the film where, you know, she was struggling with her brother and her relationship with her brother. And I would say, oh, my gosh, that's great for the movie. I'm sorry that you're struggling with your brother. But 
can I, you know, can we come along? Can I hear a phone call? Can I see you talking to him? No, no, no. I have to deal with this myself. So it was those kind of struggles I kept having, but we pushed through it. And um, eventually, and also meeting Ramona was, you know, such a joy and a thrill and all these wonderful things kept happening. And then it became Rita's story is everyone's story, right? If you, if you really think about it, everyone, if they looked into their family history, would find some things that they're not pleased about or that they're uncomfortable with or that they don't really want to share um, and maybe even embarrassed about. And I think that's the most human thing of all. And that's what really drew me to working with her. And plus her openness to um, ha originally reaching out to me to help. But then when we did finally get to that point, we became partners in this and became co-directors and co-producers. And, you know, we just kind of pushed forward and, and decided to make that film. So it seems to have resonated with you guys. And that makes me really happy. And um, that was the point. I know Rita has a whole other film about her grandma that she wanted to make and has since made. Mm -hmm. And um, she did finish that. I don't know if you've talked about that at all. But that I didn't make that film. She made that film. So, Rita, how was it working with Melody? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> We're very different. We approach mm -hmm. things differently. And so I had to... I had to, um, as you said, I had to open up. Yeah, That's what I had to do. And that's not easy. But you also have so much heart that, um, and you're such a great listener that we would get together and all that I would just like start talking about things that I never talked about before, you know, because you're a really good listener. Yeah, and I think sometimes Rita probably felt that I was pushing, and um, no. you know, for me, it was for me it was like normal to have these kind of conversations, but they weren't easy for her. And the good thing is that because I do my own filming, uh, probably I don't know if we figured out percentage wise, but maybe more than half or seventy five percent of the film is stuff that I filmed myself. And there were just moments when I was with Rita and I just pulled out my little camera and started filming. And, you know, that was very helpful. I think if we had tried to do it with a crew, you know, like the guy with the big camera and the big microphone, you know, the boom mic and all that, she never would have really gotten to the point that we got to. And so I think that was probably also an advantage that, you know, worked to, to create the mood and the conversations that we needed to have in the film. Mm -hmm. um, but I did feel bad sometimes. Like I know I said, well, you tell the story about the family reunion. You know, I was like, oh, you're having a family reunion? Are you kidding? We have to film that. And she's like, what? Why? <laughs> well, let's see. You know, things like that. So I don't know if you want to share that story, but that was kind of funny. Yeah, well, we we argued because um, I finally agreed that she could come as long as all she did was take pictures and, you know, film people, but don't ask them to say anything because they've already told me they don't want anything to do with this film. They don't want to be interviewed and they don't want to say anything. So I tricked them. I, we had a party coming up and I didn't tell them until two days before that Melody and Miles were coming. 
And so they um, they were very unhappy with me, but they came anyway because this was a birthday party. And you know. mm-hmm. so they came reluctantly. And I said that morning, I said, we're not talking about the family history. We're not. No, I'm not rocking the boat at this birthday party. And then just as people started walking in, I changed my mind. And I thought if ever there was an opportunity, this is it. So I said, Melody, we're going for it. Yeah. And we did. And how did you how did you do that? Because that's a you, you know when you said people are reluctant, people don't want to admit. I, I think a, a common response is, "But I didn't do that." Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, but your past did, your your family did, and all of that is rooted in us, our traumas mm-hmm. as well as the decisions our families made. So how did you how did you broach that? On well, it's fi- all there. It's all there in the film. I just said, "Here's what I know. Here's what I know about our family, and here's." the history as far as I know it. And this happened and um, it bothers me. I just said it bothers me and here's why. And so I said a little bit and then that was enough <laughs> to trigger their reactions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'll just add one little thing in there is that um, I have made quite a few films and pretty much what I predicted would happen was going, happened. I mean, you can kind of tell, especially with Rita's family, the kind of family she has and that they don't talk and they are reserved, if that's the right word, um, that it will happen. Something, she's going to say something. She's on this mission to share what she's learned and she can't hold back anymore. So where else are you going to get that other than that environment? So it was very intuitive on our part. And Miles and I were positioned. It was one of the few shoots that there were two cameras. The other shoot that had two cameras was when we were on the um, Overlook with Ramona. And um, I think, you know, we, Miles and I both talked about where our position should be, that we, you know, how we would film it. One of us would be on a wide shot and the other one would be on a tight shot. So we weren't both, you know, up close and giving people room and space to not feel that we were in their face, even though we were, but then you forget about it after that moment happens. And then I think that's what happened with Ramona as well. Maybe you want to talk about that, Ramona, how that made you feel when we were there. Much as I, I really did try to just ignore that. Um, because, and stay in my own, you know, space. So I appreciated not having it all there. And I remember, wasn't that first day, was it, oh, I can't remember, it seemed like it was hot. It was raining, it had just finished raining. But, you know, I also know that you're the expert in your area, so uh, you know what you're doing. <laughs> and that was really obvious, you know, in all the different ways that that film came out and moves people. Um, so I just trusted that. I love Miles. He, you know, oh yeah. He came in the house too. It didn't disrupt much. And yeah. That's so why he, he's a special guy like that to work with. It's always good to find partners that you work with really well. And um, I know he filmed the segment with Ruben which was, you know, also lovely. And anyway, but you know the point is that we I think figured out ways to pull things out of Rita that she didn't want to, <laughs> that she didn't want to share. And then we needed to get the family 
involved because it's not just about Rita, of course. It's about Rita and her relationship with her family. And we all have those kind of things with our family. Even if we think they're perfect relationships, there's always something or someone somewhere. And it, it, it showed itself, right? It reveals itself. And then her relationship with Ramona, we did talk about filming more with Ramona. And that came up a couple of times. Uh, toward the end but then you know once you start putting the film together and you realize that you have these stages and you have the things to come back to to help move the film along and make it that almost anybody could watch this movie and not feel left out like to me it's not a film about Minnesota only it's not a film about you know St. Paul Irish Catholic families or Native American families in Minnesota the whole point of this film is that it can work the feelings and the emotions and the acknowledgements that happen are for everyone in the US. And that was really important to me. So when we started talking about should we film more and we were in our sort of last part of the editing, um, I think we we decided not to. And, and, and that was also an argument that we got in. I don't like to call them arguments, but discussion um, about the ending, even how we wanted to end it and what was the appropriate ending. Did Rita need to do something? Did she actually need to accomplish a thing? And we went back and forth. You know, should she go here? Should she do this? Should she go to the Capitol? Should her and Ramona go together somewhere? And it just, you know, after a while, you realize that that's not the point. The point is to start the conversation, not to make the happy ending, we did this thing. What she did is human, which is you think about something, you start something, and maybe it goes somewhere, maybe it doesn't, but you started. And that's the point, isn't it? That we're all starting. You know, at, it, 10 years ago, no one was doing land acknowledgements at events, and now everyone's doing them. You start somewhere, right? So, you know, I think that's what by the point of the film was that and when Rita, when we you know, we would go through these phases of showing each other, you know, clips and going back and forth and, you know, picking over some words here and there, they're all important and meaningful. So I'm glad we got through that process. And in the end, Rita, you were, you're okay with me. She still likes me. I think. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> so I want to ask one more question. Then Shannon, I would love if you have any questions you want to ask about the film to any of um, our, our wonderful uh, panel of experts. And um, then also then after that, you can ask Shannon's or not Shannon, but ask Melody some more questions more about her, her story specifically. But before I turn it over to you, I just wanted to ask how long did the editing process take? Because I know that can be exhausting and you have so many hours of film that you have to cut down into this really lovely, more, much more compact storyline. So how, how long did that take? I think we finished the filming, was it in February? Well, I think, you know, the thing about the editing process is that it's not something you wait to finish the filming and then you edit. You're editing all along. Um, you know, the, the technique for the editing that I always, and I'm, I'm a professor, I teach at, um, at a university down here and I've taught for many years on and off. And um, I always try to explain to people that it's too big to say, take the whole film and try to make a film out of it, right? So if you take thematically, like say with the, the overlook, uh, you know, with Ramona as a scene, think of it like a play, it's a scene, right? We went there 
and we filmed this scene, this thing that happened. And maybe the first edit of that was 10 minutes and maybe the last edit of that was five. I don't know. I don't remember. But, you know, my theory is to edit by scenes and then you figure out what order those scenes go in. So you don't wait until you're done. And so it's really too hard to say how long it took. But I know one thing. We edited this movie probably faster than most films get edited because for a variety of reasons, I mean, including the deadline for the film festival and things like that. But um, I think, you know, I knew at some point that I was leaving and I was going to Louisiana and I wanted to at least try to get this to a point that we were close Mm -hmm. and because I would be a little more distracted when I got down here. And so I would say maybe a year and a half total from when we started Rita together. Yeah. When did we start the original film about your grandma? When was that? That was already. It was, um, it was January of the year before. So Okay. So, yeah. So probably between a year and a year and a half from actual beginning to end. But I think it was a pretty solid year of yeah. um, editing. So, and the filming was also a solid year, but we were doing both at the same time. That is a pretty fast film, isn't it? It is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I've never done anything that fast, but part of it is that I had, you know, Miles as a partner who was also, um, you know, he and I had already worked together mm-hmm. on, was it one or two more films? I can't remember now, but so we knew each other really well. So it was easy to kind of get some initial things together because we have very similar brains. And then we would show those things to Rita and then Rita would give us her feedback on that. And then we'd go back and re-edit based on her feedback. And then we'd eventually all three of us would come together on something we agreed on. All right, Shannon, do you have any um, additional questions, particularly about the movie? Now, I have to admit that Shannon um, jumped in to do this interview without having seen the movie because I had someone else lined up to co-host with me who fell through yesterday. Oh. So, so I actually called Shannon and just said, I'm, you know, as I, you didn't hear this wow. beginning, Melody, but I really am trying to honor the cultural history of the people I'm interviewing by having someone else on the panel who's at least closer in cultural background than I am if we have a a definite difference. And so I called Shannon this morning um, or texted her this morning and said, hey, are you free at four? That's great. And here are some questions I want you to ask. So (laughs) Shannon has been uh, just a trooper and, and frankly, so exciting that you and Rita know each other. I, I mean, I'm, I'm so, so glad. Oh, that's great. We've known each other for 20 years, yeah. I'm so, so glad. Oh, that must have been a surprise to have her pop in. <laughs> so, so and glad. I, and I'm happy to send you a link if you want to see the film, Shannon. I sure. think you do. <laughs> great. Oh, I think your audio, Shannon, oh, your audio. Me. Okay, let's no. see. Is it better now? Yeah. Oh, no. Um, I would love to do that, Rita. I would love to see it. Uh, and Melody and Ramona. And so this is the first time Ramona and I have actually met, unless we saw each other at a powwow and just didn't know it, right? Um, (laughs) Which is, you know, it can happen. Um, So, uh, yeah, and and I just have to say, Lori, you were saying about, you know, wanting to do a cultural match. And I'm like, oh, you got it both because I'm 
Ojibwe and Irish. I know. <laughs> wow, there's some great connections. And Ramona is Dakota and Irish, right? Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh, wow, you got it going on. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, and, and, and just, uh, you know, the, I'm fascinated. I'm drawn in. I, I did get to read just kind of a synopsis of the film, and, and I was drawn in immediately. And let me tell you, because, and I was drawn in by both things. And I think that that's what's fascinating to me is that <clears throat> I was drawn in, of course, by the journey itself. But this idea of the journey and the intersect with um, what you learned about your family and the Dakota lands um, was, was really because I am so grounded in a sense of place. So that sense of place, and there were not that there was a singular place, but Rita, as you talked about, you know, the sense of place prior to being here on this continent, right? Um, mm -hmm. and, and your people being here, and then the intersect and a sense of place here, mm -hmm. right? And how that and how important and uh, that is. So Lori was saying, I think that that value, especially right now. Because we don't know where we're going, but before we know where we're going, we have to know where we come from. Yep. <laughs> and so having and, and the disconnect, especially for those that came to this country under other circumstances, that mm -hmm. got that disconnect, and then to kind of, I guess, heal that. Um, and you know, and it doesn't matter. You know, we all have skeletons in the closet right yep. <clears throat> my irish mother whispered to me at 80 years old a story about my grandfather my great grandfather and there was no one in the room and she's whispering me to this story and was so shamed to that that and I was so afraid that someone would find out, and at which I kind of was like, uh, I think it's okay, mom. <laughs> you know, like, oh my god, stop right there, stop right there. I want to make a documentary about this. Don't tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds really good. I love so, secrets. So in this, in this, I, I guess the question that I have is, you know, just the there's the other dynamic that I see in this conversation is the relationship that the three of you developed in the process for a, an additional part of the story, right? So, yeah. Um, anyway. I would like to jump in with one thing you said, beside the fact that I want to make a documentary about your grandma now. Um, <laughs> um, for me, this film was always about two women who had a shared history on or near or close to this one piece of land. Um, it just took a while for that to develop because following Rita on her journey meant that I had to, you know, find those steps along the way. And after the meeting on the Overlook with Ramona, I mean, that was 100% for me. This movie was about two women. It wasn't really... Rita's journey, but um, it also became 
like, what do we really want to accomplish with this film, which is what conversations do we want to start? And so um, it wasn't useful to put in, I think, as much history and all of the historical things that we had talked about originally. But what I love is when Ramona did the tour, because that wasn't, that wasn't like a traditional historical documentary moment. That was her just taking us on her personal journey and sharing that story with other people. Oh, here's Ruben. Yeah. And so that was beautiful. And then now you have him. So this just, it keeps going, right? Like all these layers to the film just keep showing up. And so Ruben was something that really touches a lot of people in the film. Um, and maybe you guys can talk more about that. Hi, Ruben. Hi. Ruben pops in every now and then to say hi to Rita. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about Ruben's, the connection and and that piece of the story. Ruben, you better talk. Yeah, it's your turn. You're here. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I feel like um, in Dakota tradition, we get names. Uh, we get named. We have a. We actually have like a really cool like star knowledge like thing that I, I can share with you. Is like. Uh, when you come from the stars, there's this woman in the stars who brings your spirit. She actually lives in the, uh, what's it called? The, um, yeah, okay. I could remember it in Dakota, but not. Uh, she lives there. And uh, those those three stars, we have a name for them. And it translates to like the stretchers, like they're, and she walks out from that big, uh, the dipper part, and she walks out on those three stars. And she sends your spirit to Earth. Mm. And they, um, it's the it's the creator or it's your ancestors. It's like certain. There's these. I, I I've never really been told what to understand. But as as you come to Earth as a shooting star, uh, someone picks your name. They say they say who they saw you as when they when they saw you come to Earth. And so this is how people get their names. Uh, but there's many different ways you get a name as well. Uh, people might have a dream. And, and your your relative will tell you this is what your name is because I had a dream about it. Or um, but I've, I've I've heard people tell stories about um, that like your name was chosen for you before those people had dreams and, those, and things like that. But um, uh, I came, I was born in 1999 and whatever. But um, my mom's so my my great 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 grandpa who was um, one of these people that we talk about the story. His name is uh, Maza Aditi. Uh, I have his name tattooed on my arm. Uh, he's he was there and he fought in the war in the 1860s and um, he now now his name was Maza Aditi and four generations later you can have a name default to you because that was your ancestor's name and so that's what happened to me is that um, this name was uh, it's it's like uh, how do I how do you say it's now my name mm -hmm. I don't I don't know there's like a word I'm trying to say but basically I name has become mine now and uh i like carry it forward and then in four generations there could be another and so uh it's, it's kind of a cool thing because i feel like language and i talk about it a little bit um i don't know i think language is so cool because uh it's not just the words you say it's like what you mean with what you say it's, yeah. and uh maza aditi 
um, when I tell people my name, even people who are very good Dakota speakers, uh, the name is kind of interesting because we don't name people like that anymore. In the 1880s, um, when everyone spoke fluent and was free, uh, they didn't, it was, this name was, uh, I don't know, I don't know if it was common or not, but uh, these Muzza names, a name with Muzza in it, we, we just basically, we, it's kind of translated to walks on iron. That's what people translated it as. But to walk is Mani, not Aditi. And uh, Muzza is colloquially translated to iron. But for thousands of years before we ever had metal, Muzza meant something strong and almost indestructible. Yeah. If we had this concept of Muzza, something strong, for thousands of years, it means much more than just metal or something. Like that. So, um, and then Aditi isn't like walking; it's like uh, climbing. It could mean climbing, and it could also mean like treacherously stepping. Like it's it's hard. It's a hard. It's it's not fun. It's not a walk through the park. So it's just interesting that uh, when I told someone this name, they were like really excited about it because they're saying like, "Wow, that's a cool name!" Because they were saying that uh, the way they interpreted it, they were saying like, that, yeah, that's like you're, you're climbing and it's, and it's really tough, but like you're, uh, uh, my mom, my mom always said like that, that, uh, it's like, it's like having that strong will to be on your path, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's like that person is strong, that person and, uh, and, and things like that. So I've always had that name to like, uh, live up to and it's, it's awesome and, uh, it's, it's a great connection that I carry with me, like uh, everywhere I go. I don't uh, tell, I don't get a chance to tell people or anything, but um, when I do, I'm, I'm really honored to like share and say that uh, that's my connection to this history and uh, my my ancestors. You know, this is my bloodline, and uh, this is this is what I'm carrying. This is what I'm uh, carrying forward. You know? Thank you. Beautiful. That comes out in his music too. That's in the movie. Yeah. And to me, that's one of the things that touches people so much. What you just shared comes out in your, in your music. If she's a mouse 